Calgary football fans, this is your quarterback, the Bo Show with Bo Levi Mitchell on Sportsnet 960, brought to you by SML Entertainment. Welcome to the Bo Show, back on the original Tuesday. So we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep it strictly football today, though. We got CFL. We've got Week One of NFL in the books. Labor Day is in the books, so can't find anything better to talk about right now. Hey, if you have questions um, for NFL fantasy, we'll be kind of talking. We'll hit CFL first, and we'll start talking to NFL fantasy the rest of the time. Um, call in 403-240-4444. That's 240-4444. Where can you go? I had to ask. I had to ask, Matt. Got it, nailed it, nailed it. Um, questions of, hey, you've got three fantasy gurus right here in the house right now. I don't know if we're counting Matt yet as a guru. I think not. we're 0-3 combined, and Matt <laughs> might have got the win. So. Yeah, oh, no, no, I killed me, it. Boys. I killed it. You, you got a win I, I had early? the second highest score. Oh, oh, yeah. okay, okay, Matt okay. beat me straight up. But, though, I was, so. uh, but I lost my other two leagues, though, really bad. So, um, so yeah, call in if you have a question of who you should start at flex between two players, that kind of thing, some fun questions, give us some things to debate about, uh, or text it in, and, uh, and Stein will let us know uh, who's got the good questions out there. Um, yeah, text in 960960. Uh, so CFL, Labor Day's in the books. Um, across the board, let's see, standing-wise, I know... This is, how we, this is how we start. We do the standings. We got to go standings. So Calgary, you got us. You got us at 9-2. You got Sask at 7-4. Edmonton, 7-5. Winnipeg, 5-7. BC charging up at 4-6. And, uh, and I heard Travis practicing again, so yep. I think they're looking good. To Sounds make like a he'll run. be out of the protocol, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then Ottawa... And Hamilton tied atop the East at six and five, and then Montreal tied at the bottom at three and eight. So as of right now, uh, crossover with Winnipeg going the other way. Um, and the odds came out today, and the odds I thought it was kind of interesting. The odds have BC taking that spot, and Winnipeg like less than one percent to take that crossover what? spot. Yeah. Well, because they've got twelve games, they got so BC's got two games in hand on them. Yep. And only one game back, and I guess just wow. based off the last month, basically they're kind sure. of picking that. Um, I want to hear y'all's opinion real quick on the quarterback situation in Winnipeg. I'm a little biased. Obviously, I went to college with Matt Nichols. He was my host in college. He was he's a good friend. Um, I just kind of want to hear your guys' conversation and talk some actual football, so the fans out there can get a realistic idea of uh, of the actual situation out there. I think I get why there is a big push to put Straveler in there. Uh, I know that he came in and played the second half of the, the Banjo Bowl on Sunday, but, or Saturday, I guess it was. But I think you stick with Matt Nichols. I really do. I think they owe him some loyalty. I think that uh, he is the guy that kind of spearheaded Winnipeg's resurgence and turnaround. They wouldn't be a playoff team the last two years if not for making the decision to go from Willie to Nichols. And look, I think that he is the guy that is going to be able to get them where they want to go. And so one more start. Let's not forget, he's had three bad games in a row. They've been really bad, but they've also been against the two best defenses in the league, Calgary and twice against Saskatchewan. He's got Montreal coming up, coming out of a bye. So they've got some time to reset this week. Then you take on the Alouettes. I think give him another start and see if he can work his way out of I think the Bombers owe Matt Nichols that. I have not watched much of this Bombers team at all, but I'll say this. I didn't think we'd ever this season get to a point where people talking about the quarterback because he was one of the biggest reasons for them you know, being considered a, a threat in the West and maybe a team that gets a, a home game in the playoffs. Now, clearly it hasn't gone as planned, but I don't think a guy loses that skill overnight. So unless there's something we don't know about in terms of his health, I, I would be sticking with that guy. He got you there in the first place, right? Well, and that's my thing. So the team NFL-wise, and, and this, let me know if you all think this is kind of a stretch. All right, not – not just talent, you know, wise, but who I could compare Matt and and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers to in the last couple of years compared to who they were. So they were a team that was close to getting fired as a head coach, replacing GM. Yep. And then Matt Nichols came in to start after that trade. And all of a sudden they're a playoff team and the the coach is getting re-signed. GM's getting re-signed. The next year they're another playoff team and they're basically a drive away from going into the West final against, um, against us whenever them yep. and Jonathan had the great last drive at the yep. end of the game. Um, but they're relevant. You know what I mean? Like they're a playoff team. Now they're a playoff threat every single week. Um, and to me, it's, it's not, I mean, obviously SAS 
they have a tough home and home against SAS. I mean, SAS is an emerging team right now. They're playing really well on defense. Their offense is picked up. Um, you know, I, you're, I'm hard pressed to find a quarterback that's played well against SAS in the last five, six weeks. You know, they're they're playing very well as a defense. So when I look at that with Nichols, um, I say, okay, let me see how he responds against Montreal, a team Shriver played well against early on this season. Yep. But they're emerging as well. They're starting to play better as well. But it is a game that. Over the last five, six weeks, most teams have moved the ball consistently very well, not turned the ball over very much against them. The team I compare them to in the quarterback is David Carr and the Raiders. Until David Carr got there, the Raiders were irrelevant. They were not a team anybody was talking about. The Raiders are were were they were they a playoff team last year? No, the they, they lost no. out once Carr got once hurt. Once Carr got hurt. Once Carr got yeah. hurt. And all Derek, right. not David, because they David's Sorry, the Derek, yeah, I, David. Sorry, I, I do that all the time, so I had to make sure that I yeah. hadn't screwed it up. So, so with Derek Carr there, okay, same thing to me. Now, Derek's playing the way he is now, and people are starting to just chit chat about him and the bad decisions he made and all this. That's still your franchise quarterback. Yeah, you know what I mean. Even if their backup comes in and plays well, I don't know who it is. I know it used to be Matt McLoin, but um, even if he comes in and plays well, David Carr or sorry, Derek Carr is still your guy. Matt Nichols to me is still your guy. Um, until I see Shreveler come in for a consistent amount of time and do that well. I mean, he, he went in against Sass, and you saw he didn't he didn't play well against Sass either. You know, so I mean, that's kind of where I'm at on that. I interested to see. Um, what do you think they're gonna do? Man, uh, I think I mean I think O'Shea will stick with Nichols um, until he's leash. pressured to do anything else. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I'm not a fan of replacing a guy mid-game. You know, like, to me, they take Trevor out, Trevor Harris. They're losing a game. They always take the guy out, even if he's playing bad. You know what I mean? Why? Give the kid a chance to make a comeback. Mm -hmm. Imagine if Dave did that to me. We're not making that comeback. I'm, no offense to our backup guys. I'm just saying I don't have a chance to make that comeback against Edmonton, which builds confidence in myself for later on in the season. So give Trevor that chance. Like, hey, you've, you've had a bad start to this game. You're not playing yep. great. Turn it around. Find a way to make some throws. Find a way to make some plays. Get some points back on the board. So at the end of the season, when it comes to playoff football, because that's how playoff football games are, teams go up on you. They surprise touchdowns, and you got to find a way to fight back. I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand the replacing a quarterback mid game. If if you're deciding to replace him mid game, let him finish that game and replace him the next game as a starter. Let the guy start the next game. If you think if you think that's what point is coming down to, but when you start a guy and then take him out mid game to replace him, that's what kills a kid's confidence. You know, that's when you're taking Jonathan out to put Travis in. You see what it's done to Jonathan, right? Wait till the next game. Let this get, but let give Matt that chance to make a comeback. You know, give Trevor a chance to make a comeback before you go out there and do that. The only, the only, because I, I'm with you. I think going back to Nichols is the right call. But to play a little bit of devil's advocate on it, remember Mike O'Shea started the season, so that would have been the 2016 season. I think they were one and four with Drew Willie at quarterback, and they were a disaster. After week five, he made the switch. It was a tough call, but he went from Willie to Nichols, and since that point, Nichols has been the guy. I wonder if that rings in O'Shea's mind and says, geez, I had to make a cut tough call to go away from the guy I thought was our guy to bring Nichols in. Does he do that again here with Streveler and what happens? Because Streveler's numbers were good when Nichols was hurt to start the season. That would be the only devil's advocate point that I would, yeah. I would throw out there. But I would also say, uh, was Willie ever good? Not really. No, was he was never the guy. They made a they made a move for him and they paid him a lot of money. Yeah, to hope he'd be that guy. But, but no, they, they he was no never evidence. what they, Nichols. Yeah, has they been. never had they the evidence. That. The moment Nichols came in, they became a playoff contending team. Uh, they start talking about Matt Nichols as the elite and MOP. He was there. No, no, he wasn't off into MOP last year. Harris was. Yeah. Um, but he was right up there with the talks. I mean, if you look at Nichols' numbers from last year, they were very, very good. You know, and the numbers are down right now, but I mean. To me, don't forget the guy is a—he's uh, like me in a sense that he's a scrambler within the pocket, not outside the pocket. Um, and he had a knee injury to start the season off and missed the first three games of the season. That 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 changes things as far as timing with your receivers, chemistry, things like that. Um, Dressler's down is still, isn't he? Yep. So I mean, you're missing some guys on that offense. Their defense isn't playing great. Um, I know against Trevor, then against us, they gave up almost a thousand yards passing. 
you know, two for two weeks, a thousand yards passing for any defense is not good. So you, as an offense, you're not getting put in very good situations. So tell me that in the last three games, he's gotten put in any good situations offensively. But again, a little bit biased. Because you you do know him and you you like him and look, it's it's a tough it's a tough situation to be in as as Nichols because he knows what's going on. He knows that he's played poorly. Like he that Winnipeg offense has had all kinds of struggles in the three games against Saskatchewan and Calgary. And so he like he knows it. He's had to come out and face the music. I, I wonder what his motivation level is at this point, because I think that he's the type of guy that, that wants to prove some of those doubters wrong. I just think you've got this opportunity against Montreal to see if he can get back on track, win some of that confidence back. That's that's the biggest... If they were playing another really good defense, like if they had to go up against Hamilton that has a really good pass the or something, that maybe I'd be a little bit... But you're going up against Montreal, and while they are better than they were in the first half of the season, you still have an opportunity to get some of that confidence back, maybe move the ball, maybe throw a couple touchdowns, don't have to worry about the same things. And if you can get some of that confidence back, maybe it gets the entire team back on track. That's kind of why I think... Sticking with him is the way to go. I just look at the defense he's played, and you guys have both mentioned it. Like if 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 he'd gone out and stunk it up against teams that have been you know shedding forty points a week, it'd be a different story. That's not really what's happened the last month, is it? Yeah, not at all. Top two D in the league, probably. Yeah. So rough couple weeks. I think right now the the thing that's hurting, and this is this is one thing I've commented on, and um, just with kind of my teammates in the locker room. You're, I feel like Winnipeg is putting themselves in this situation because against us, they put Shreveler in for a trick play that obviously they have dialed up because they know it's going to work. You know, there's trick plays where a team consistently lines up the exact same way to a formation. You're like, hey, look at that. We have something mm-hmm. open. They put Shreveler in, you know, amid these talks. So he gets to throw one pass for one touchdown, you know. And then the very next game, same thing. He comes in for short yardage, throws a touchdown, comes in on a another play later in the game, throws another touchdown. So when Nichols was struggling first first off, they had two short yardage passing touchdowns for Strebler. So his numbers continue to look like, oh, every time this guy gets in, he throws a touchdown. You know, I feel like Winnipeg's doing that to themselves. Leave Nichols in. Yeah. Let him do this. Let him build his confidence. You know, I mean, unless they're unless their thought is to go the other way. And if that's the case. If their thoughts go the other way, I think you're starting Strebler this week well, in Montreal. So that's another confidence builder for that kid, you know. But I don't think it's to that point. I don't think you're replacing Nichols. I think he's your guy, um, you know, until y'all decide otherwise, and then you you make your move. Whatever the decision is, they have to make the right one because their season's kind of hanging in the balance now. With BC, BC's got Montreal on Friday. They've got two games in hand. They use one of those games, and so if they win, all of a sudden Winnipeg's out of the playoffs, and BC is into that crossover spot, and BC's on a little bit of a roll. They seem like they've maybe figured things out. So whatever decision Winnipeg makes, they've got to look at it like this is the decision we're making to you know save our season here because they got to get back on track. They've lost four in a row, and they're reeling, and now all of a sudden BC's reeled them in because Winnipeg's fallen all the way down to the pack. This is a huge, huge kind of time in the season for the Bombers, and, and this bye week is going to be crucial for them. So I'm I'm fascinated to see what they end up doing here. A little bit of time to think about it, too. The bye can be dangerous that way. Yeah. It's like, oh, it'd be really easy to do it now. Give them lots of time. Two weeks to prepare. Careful. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, uh, is Montreal Antonio Pipkin's team? For the time being, I don't think he's cemented it yet. Like I don't think he's won two games in a row. He's looked good in the three games he started, but I don't think that he has put his mark on it and said, no, you can't take it. from. If he plays poorly for a game or two, they'll go back to Manziel, I think. But for the time being, it's it's him. I don't think there's any reason to go away from him as it stands right now. I've liked what I've seen from him. Like, I think that he is he's an athletic quarterback. Like He, he does not... He's, I think he's thrown for one touchdown and run for four. And, and you know, he's got more interceptions than he does touchdowns at this point. But he's athletic. He's dangerous. He's dynamic. Like, right now, he's done more for them than Menzel has. So I don't think you make the change now. But if he all of a sudden... Yeah, we've seen it before. Like, remember when Rakeem Cato beat you guys in Montreal? Yeah. And he had that unbelievable game. I mean, Cato had two good games and then never was anywhere. Once you get a little bit of film on a guy and defenses start to scout him a little bit more all of a sudden they can come back down to earth. And if that happens dramatically, then I think they might think things a little bit differently. But as of right now, that hasn't happened. He's looked good for three games. I, I'm not I'm not going away from Cato with that. Sorry, I'm definitely going away from Cato. I'm not going away from Pipkin at this point. Pan Cato for sure. <laughs> yeah. Don't think he's in the league anymore. 
Um, yeah, I mean, from a quarterback perspective, I mean, because obviously I was in that game, and uh, and it was against Stubler. He yep. was our D corner at the time, and and the one thing Stubler does is he's very basic against young quarterbacks. Um, he runs high zones, and so basically all game they ran read zone with bubbles, and he made the right decisions. Talking about Cato, of course. Yeah. Um, what I see, I see Pip, I see Pipkin as a quarterback. I see that guy throwing the ball down the field into windows, scrambling when he has to, scrambling to make plays. But he's he's, I think, he's a guy that you're looking at as a future of a team right now. I mean, when I watch him, I'm like, hey, that kid's got it. Um, I can talk to my quarterback and coach, you know, and he says, yeah, that kid's got it. You know, it's you can see it when he when he's got it. You can see the hesitations there every now and then, but. Even sometimes he starts to hesitate, and he's like, no, and he pulls the trigger. And I think that's the difference. Something they've been missing for a while is that, that kid that that go out there and pull the trigger, and he's not he's not wrong more than he's right. And I think that's a that's right. a big difference for me. So what? So say that, that that does happen, what do you do with Johnny? Because they've already well, traded for well, him. How, did, how is Johnny your entrenched starter? He shouldn't ba- based be. Based off what? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Based off based his on name. Based on jersey sales, that's Based it. off his name? Yeah, I mean, no. I mean, I, I don't dislike the guy. I, I think he's, you know, I, I'm glad to see him make his comeback, and, and obviously he's going through some unfortunate things right now. Um, but you've got a kid that your team is playing well behind. They're responding to receivers are making plays for him. Yeah, he's putting his body on the line to go make plays and, and doing a, a damn good job of it. Um, I don't know how you make the switch going the other way. So do you? They gave up a ton to bring him in. In Montreal, well, one guy that's already gone back to the Tie Cats, interestingly. Yeah, I know. They, yeah. They, I just, I wondered, like, do they move him somewhere else? Can they, can they find it? Because Montreal looked at Manziel as, okay, this is our guy. We need to go get a court. Do they move him somewhere else if if Pipkin ends up being their guy? I'm just curious as to what they do with Johnny Football, knowing that you do have that big personality, and there is going to be, like it or not, there's going to be a groundswell of, hey, why isn't Johnny playing? That's always going to be a distraction if he's not playing. Do they look to move him elsewhere? That'll I mean, be the interesting. Who story. wants Johnny? Exactly. Who? Yeah. Who? There's only one team show. in the entire CFL that would even make a move, and I don't think it's to be the guy. But he was one of the, one of the original teams that. You know, people talked about where he should go. Where's that? Toronto. Toronto. Strictly for jersey sales and for team, and to try to get people to come to yeah, those games. Yeah, they've tried it before. They've tried almost everything. So we'll and see. they and they I, don't, I don't have a solidified quarterback right yeah. now. I like Not McLeod. Now, yeah, I do like McLeod. Yeah, I know everybody just looks at stats, man. But I've watched this guy's film. Um, this guy's making all the throws. He's making all the right reads. Like you, you got to realize sometimes the the play calls. Um, you know. The the play on the other side of of the throw um, isn't isn't there, and I mean he's he's a baller man. He he's making a lot of good throws, a lot of good decisions, and on some of those Mike Riley esque where he scrambles out and wastes the last second, puts it you know in the corner and takes a hit. He stands right back up and goes for the next play. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean I think the kid's a baller. I mean I think right now you're looking across the league, you're looking at. Um, majority of the starters who are going to be starting the next couple of years in the CFL. Where are where are you on Franklin then? I like James Franklin. I I, I like his um I like his ability and his potential right now more than his on-field play. And I don't know if that system um I watched him do very well against us when he was in Edmonton and then we came back and you know, once you had a couple little bit of film on him, then yep. it was a little bit easier to play him and uh and that's that's the that's always the kind of the answer for me right like i don't care what you do in your first two to three games um you know i want to see what you're doing in your fourth game fifth game sixth yeah. game and that's what i'm looking forward to seeing with pipkin as well just to see kind of because um, right now i know winning defense i know they're giving up yards but um they've got some players in the defense and, and they run a they run a good scheme so it's a little bit harder to pick up so this is one i'm interested in seeing him playing against but um yeah i don't know man i think it's one of those matt flynn you know yeah, situations where you know, you have a big game or two, and, and you've got the the arm and and whatnot. Um, but you know, what do you do for me on the field when you're in the game? That's yep. the most important thing. Um, Matt yeah. Flynn, good reference. Three twenty three. <laughs> I haven't heard much talk about Saturday. But my headset off or oh, last Saturday. Um, uh, yeah, we'll jump into it real quick. Um, man, I mean, obviously one of the funnest games of the year, one of the most exciting games of the year. Twelve offensive touchdowns, nine nine turnovers. <laughs> 
Um, coach's nightmare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. A defensive coach's nightmare. Uh, you know that you're giving up just touchdown after touchdown. You know you're getting turnovers and whatnot. But um, ultimately, ultimately, like just to give you my synopsis of the entire game was. Early on, we put our defense in way too many bad positions with turnovers. Um, you know, just the the early pick uh, by myself, um, the fumbled punt return. Um, so both of those, defense gets the ball in the 20-yard line against Mike. You know, 90% chance the guy's going to score and he's getting the ball down there with the offense that guy's got. Um, and then what was the other ones? The... Uh, our third down, I thought the one that Daniels. kind of took wind, yeah, wind out of our sails is that third down conversion, the quick out throw, not getting the touchdown there. Yeah. That one, I thought that one kind of got us a little bit. And then, uh, and then the punt fake that we threw and in, in to uh, Tunde and he dropped. Um, again, that puts the ball on the I think like thirty five or forty yard line. Yep. So early on, um, the one thing I saw from I don't know who wrote it, um, but we had seven turnovers and they had thirty one points off those turnovers. You know, so. Yeah, it's a much different game without him. But uh, again, I'm not going to pull a Gable or Duke Williams to say that we gave the game away. I felt like they took it. I felt like, um, you know, the only ones that I think we gave were the drop punt and the drop touchdown in the the end zone. But like my pick, you know, Hightower made a great play on it. Uh, On the fumbled punt return, um, Konar made a great tackle. You know, there's just to me when you're fumbling the ball, there's there's another guy on the other side that's making a tackle and ripping it from you. So I thought they did a good job flying around early and really played well at home. You know, playing physical and whatnot. Um, the Maston pick was that the one where the receiver slipped? Maston, yeah, that's yeah, that's when Breast fell down. So that's an accident. That's right. That's happens. not. Yeah, it's, it's not. not that's not them making a play, yeah. but it's still. I mean, the guy, the guy still catches the ball. You know, yeah. but that's that's what I'm talking about. Is there's some where. We gave away in somewhere mainly they took them, and I felt like a majority of the turnovers they they made plays and uh, and they capitalized off of them. Like I said, thirty one points off turnovers, but um, I mean if you're talking about fun for Labor Day, man, ninety points, nine hundred yards passing. Um, I think it was almost almost eleven or twelve hundred yards total, you know, with the uh, the rushing as well. So <laughs> should have was... seen you should have seen some of the uh, CFL fantasy numbers <laughs> that that were in that game. You and Riley and Romar Daniels. It was Duke. It was stupid. Some of the yeah. numbers that were put up. That's... Romar Romar had forty four points in fantasy. <laughs> Romar had four touchdowns and wasn't a player of the week. How is this possible? Yeah, Who's voting? <laughs> if you're voting, you're listening to this. What are y'all voting on? All right. Well, we'll come back and talk about that. I, we've got I've got the list of some of the performers of the week. Uh, that should be a promotional video, by the way. It would have been when you know CFL teams come south say, "Hey guys, we want you to come up north to play." Like show them that game. Yeah. Holy touchdown! Touchdown! Are you Turn kidding over, me? And touchdown. just when you think, "Oh well, it's you know it's a twenty point lead, this thing's over." No, 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 no. Yeah, storming back. Comebacks are happening. Final seconds. Zeros on the board. We still don't know who's won. I love it. All right, we'll take a quick break. We come back, we'll finish up talking Labor Day, and we'll jump some NFL. If you got fantasy questions, text in 960-960 if you want to know who to start at quarterback this week based off matchups, uh, who to start at your flex. Uh, don't ask me about kickers. Um, <laughs> and uh, if you want to call in, you got a good question, 403-240-4444. Uh, you're listening to The Bo Show on Sports at 960 The Fan. This is The Bo Show. Hell yeah, yeah. On Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, let's jump into it. So we kind of mentioned it right there at the end. Um, <laughs> I need voters to vote correctly. Uh, I know I know people don't like us. I know people do not like the Calgary Stampeders. I get that. I understand that. Every single year, everybody wants to be the person that says, this is the year Calgary's not going to be who they normally are. Right? So I understand that, that it's the same thing, that you just want to see something different. So, But give credit where credit's due. Duke. Is an amazing player. He's an awesome receiver. He's a very unstoppable player when he's on his game. But 176 yards and a touchdown does not equivalent to 160 yards and four touchdowns. I think Mike should absolutely be the number one player of the week. Brandon Banks is right there as well. Some of those plays he made were ridiculous. But you've got a guy that had 12 touches for four touchdowns and 160 yards. How is this guy not, you know, I, can y'all explain that to me? No. I can try. If someone didn't watch the games and just went to stats, you would see Duke Williams 172. And a touchdown. 
More yards, not as many touchdowns. Okay, so maybe he doesn't crack my top three. How about Jeremiah Mazzoli? Four touchdowns, 300-plus yards, plus 51 That's yards. That's another one for me. Jeremiah. So Jeremiah, to me, is one. You could argue Mike Riley is again. Now you got two quarterbacks there, and maybe you only I'm leaving go... Mike at the top because he had six. He had, he had 400, he had three, 400 yards passing and six touchdowns. Mike's, you're right. I've, I, I've yeah. failed to uh, record these oh, rushing the three touchdowns rushing. Yeah, on the, top the of the yardage because he had yeah. 43 yards rushing as well. Right. So you're right. Uh, you could easily go two quarterbacks and a receiver, though. And that, again, that's that's not watching the games with a brain. That's just being a lazy person that looks at stats. But if you, you, look, he, at stats, if you look at stats, four uh, touchdowns. Yeah, you had 160 so, yards sure. and four touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Banks 153 and two. So, yeah, I mean. Is it maybe because of the yards are split up. What was his, do you have Romar? Yeah, he, his, 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 the, the single the, totals aren't overwhelming in either category. He had uh, 95 right. yards rushing, which would have been right around your top four Running backs all were in that 80 to 100 range. I think, what, uh, Trey Mason had 120, that probably leading rusher of the week. And then receiving, he had uh, 62 yards. Right. So I think they look at those two, and that's where they kind of break it up more. But so, like, you know what explains yards, it? If someone's guy, really lazy, that yeah, explains that's all it is. Somebody's like, lazy, really, they're like, really oh, lazy. obviously Mike, and who did he throw the ball to? Oh, he threw the ball to Duke the most? Okay, vote for him. And then Brandon had a great game. I saw that on TSN highlights, so put Brandon Banks up there. <laughs> Six, six touchdowns for Riley. He's got to be one. He's that's number one. He's got to be one. He's number one. Mazzoli, that's probably his best day. That, that is they his best day is. of the season. That is, yeah. uh, four touchdowns. It's a sweep of the Battle of Ontario. You know where the league offices are. That probably makes some waves. Although he didn't even get it, you said. He didn't get it. So that would have been another one that you could you could justify. But after that, it's tough to go to a position player, like a non-quarterback, I should say. Banks went off. I mean, he had himself a pretty yeah. solid but, game. but not. But, but Duke didn't. No, like that's that's an, that's a good game, but you're, you know, to compare NFL, you're a Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson type guy. Like you're getting a lot of targets and a lot of balls. Like, I mean, I would like to compare his numbers to other receivers in the league. What did Banks have? Banks had two touchdowns, one fifty three, so he had uh, nineteen yeah. fewer yards. Reggie had one seventy in his first game. Reggie had one fifty three. One fifty three. Yeah. With a long of 29. Banks' long was 78, I believe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, you, you, regardless, the guy, not, had, bro, the guy had four touchdowns. You, you, Who else the, has four touchdowns no, this year that's not a quarterback? Yeah, no one else. No one else. So, <laughs> well, and that's the, that's the thing. I mean, look, you could make a case for Duke. You could make a case for Mazzoli. You could make a case for Banks. But Romar Morris at four touchdowns, is that's pretty – you don't see running backs put up four majors in a game very often. It's pretty uh, special again. stuff. Now – when the majors occurred, I don't remember all four of them. How many did it look like the game was over, even though it wasn't over? Because it's the CFL. And it was never um, well, the game okay, was never first... really out of reach, though. It no, was 48 so... 28 at one point. That looked out of reach, although it clearly yeah, was. Yeah, but his first touchdown was our second touchdown of the game. So, that's... so it was 21 14. Sure. And then they went up, you know, like 28. And then he had the 78 yarder coming out of halftime that made it a six point game. Okay. So those you are the things. Like yeah. he. And then at the end, he had a like third and ten where I fell down, got up, scrambled, and threw him the ball. Um, and then came back and had the five yard reception for a touchdown. But, but, are, are, we're not talking impressive, right? Like if, like again, I love Mike. I went to his house after the game, had a beer with him. Yeah, I love him. But his rushing touchdowns are one yard touchdowns. So if we're just talking stats and not impressive plays, then kind of both ways is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Everybody talks about Mike Riley's touchdowns this year. Like he has twelve rushing touchdowns, and eleven of them are one yard, <laughs> and one of them was two yards. There you so go. break that down for me. Well, how many one yards does Buckley have last year? Do you remember? Nine. There you go. That's, right. So and Franklin's got eleven or twelve this year. Uh, Franklin's got ten rushing touchdowns. Riley's got eleven. Eleven. Yeah. Okay, uh, it sounded like a homer comment at the beginning, but uh, after flushing out the, the stats, it's absolutely dead How do you on. not give a running back with four touchdowns in a game a player? They, they, that that happens there never. There you go. I never. got it. I got it. Your offensive line is too good. So you can't give Romar <laughs> the credit. We're finding reasons. We're finding them. Good work, man. I'll give you that if it's four rushing touchdowns. But he had two receiving. <laughs> His quarterback's too good. <laughs> and one of them was 77 yards. Like, yeah, like one of those plays untouched, was, uh, outran the defense, yeah. like... And I did not realize that Romar was that fast. Like Maddie's been at practice every day. Like I knew Morris was. I did not realize that he had that type of lightning breakaway speed. Like that was ridiculous. Yeah. Nobody could touch him. I mean, and he kept. You, you saw him. Like you, my favorite thing to do, man. You watch those kind of runs. Just watch the other guys. Mm-hmm. Watch Seven chasing them. Watch Grimes chasing them. Like they're giving everything they have, and yeah. he just. 
just gone. Yeah. Good sound effects over there. Um, you've played them twice. That's all you get. It's a short season series. That is all we get. And they win the season series because they took it by a point. Because um, we won point the first. Yeah, we okay. won the first game by five. They won that one by six. So, so if it were to come to a tiebreaker, is that what you're saying? Yeah. So if it came to a tiebreaker, they've okay. got it. Um, would there be now? I'm not looking to find bulletin board material, but I, I would get the sense both teams would be very excited about a third one. They came out talking. They came out talking after a loss. They did win at home, but you guys made it. You know, they every second on the clock mattered. I mean, that's something you'd be pumped up. For oh, absolutely. Uh, here's what I'll say, and it's not going to change anything. Maybe it happens in the CBA, but uh, that game right there, there's your evidence of why there should be no divisions in this in, in this league. Because how many times should me and him have played each other in the Grey Cup? Yeah, well. I know I, we've had some great Grey Cup games, and we've had some upsets against us, but. Well, last I, what, I get that argument in every sport. Every sport we see that argument. I mean, But every other sport has so many teams that it yeah. doesn't make sense that way. Yeah. You know, and, nine and, teams a little bit and if you play, and, and if you play, you know, 80 times, obviously travels. It's not a big deal travel yeah. if, if it's one game. Because six teams go playoffs out of nine, right? Right now, Winnipeg, who's five and seven, is sitting out of a playoff spot because there's two teams in the East that are three and eight. Yep. So tell me how one of those teams should go to the playoffs. Yeah. It's so a nine-team league. We all play each other, so that's why 32 teams. It makes a difference because there's more. If depth, I'm the yeah. Astros, I I don't get to play every team a certain amount of times. You know what I mean? Like I get to play my division. I get to play uh, our conference, and then I get to play a couple from the other side. That's how baseball works. That's how NBA works. That's how NFL works. So that's why the consistency comes in of, well, we had to have divisions. Well, I travel, which is not a thing in football. Oh, right. I got you. Right. It's, it's, it's a very valid claim. There, there, if you look over the last five years, West against East would not be close. So 2014, 2015, and 2017, the Eskimos and Stampeders are the two best teams in the CFL in terms of on-field and record. Right. Uh, the top two teams. And then I guess Winnipeg was in there in 2017 because they both finished 12 and 6. But you could have made a very right. could have made a very salient point that you could have seen Edmonton Calgary play for a title sure. in three of the last four years. Yeah. If, if if it was the two best teams playing at the end of the year. Right. If they if they won through the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And again, that's not easy. Edmonton went to the east side last year right. and lost. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not easy. Um, Saskatchewan did, right? Or sorry, no, Sass yeah. did. East, two uh, years, two years ago, Edmonton did. Saskatchewan what beat uh, Ottawa and then lost to Toronto. Yeah. yeah, yeah, almost beat Toronto. It was almost Calgary. Right. Yeah, that that last a, second drive, Ricky Ray and James Wilder had to put together one hell of a drive to beat the Riders because I guess there's what's his face. Uh, Brandon Bridge, who took yep. over for the Riders and led them in a really nice second half push, but uh, Ricky Ray kind of ended that. But yeah, it was all that, and that would have been the first time we would have ever seen the West Division crossover yep. situation. If we can like have that. a team from Baltimore winning a Grey Cup, I don't have, I don't mind have two teams from the same division yeah. playing for the, right. for yeah. the Grey Cup. Nine teams, and like it, it it's makes nine sense. teams, man. Yeah. It's nine teams. And I've, if, if I, you get to twelve or fourteen, sure, but it's just that's not what this league. Yeah, I've been be against it for the longest time. For the last couple of years, I've been like the East has just been so. If there was, if we had more parity, like if we saw the East Division put, to, and I know they've won the Grey Cup the last two years, I'm fully aware of that. But from a regular season standpoint, if we saw as many good teams or even a few really good teams in the East match, like if it was a little more balanced, then I probably still would be in favor of keeping the divisions. But it's been so unbalanced for the better part of a decade now that I think the evidence is pretty clear that you could do it, and it would probably be best for the on-field product. I don't have to go to the tax line, but I know it's going to be there. What's the East record in the last two great cups? Well, I know. That's why I said I get no, it. No, they won the last two great but, cups. And, but, and, but, and listen, but, I'm but the they, guy that lost to them, but let me ask you, did either one of those teams deserve to be there? No. They were both 9-9. They, and they nine. probably don't Both make of them, them were 9-9. Nine and nine. I would think both of them either have to win twice on the road or they miss the playoffs in the West. So instead of, instead of both those teams playing teams that are – a less record than them at nine and nine, they would have played Edmonton. Yeah. Who was twelve and On six, the road. fourteen yeah. and four. Yeah. They would have played Winnipeg who's twelve and six. Like your better teams and better matchups are getting to a great cup. Like yeah. I'm not trying to change the past that we shouldn't have lost the two last two great cups. We should have. We lost them in the game. That's fine. That's how the divisions are. I just think that right now, a majority of your better teams and you get better football. I you, buy that. The two teams that you deserve not do it you more want the best two teams. Of course you do. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd get better matchups in the playoffs too, which I think is important. You, you end up, you give yourself a better opportunity for the best matchups in the postseason. There's a hockey tie in there. We'll do it when the bow show's over because I'm eating up too much time already. Look at it. He wants me off the radio already. No, no. I'm saying I'm saving for later. 
All right. We'll take one more quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk NFL fantasy. I know we've already got some callers in here, but if you want to get your call in, 403-240-4444. Ask some questions. Text in 960-960. You're listening to The Bo Show on Sports at 960 The Fan. Back to The Bo Show for SML Entertainment. One, two, three. On Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, welcome back. Let's talk some NFL fantasy. So call in if you have questions, 403-240-4444, or text in 960-960. Um, all right, so what we're going to do, we're going to go through some of our some of our like top performance, most surprising pick, um, or sorry, most surprising performance, and then some top waiver wires for you guys, and maybe uh, one we're going to do here at the end, which is a, a trade bait. So uh, for you more experienced GMs out there, you know... Um, Nothing wrong with selling high on a player that maybe got an, a little bit over-exaggerated week one performance, and uh, and a lot of us don't see that happening the rest of the year. Um, so I have a couple. I'll have Basically, I'll, I'll name off some guys there at the end and tell me what you guys think, and y'all let me know who y'all's trade trade bait guy is. But uh, NFL, I mean, it was a, it's a tough week one. Uh, in pickums, I went eight and seven, uh, and, and the winner of the pool was only at nine wins. So it wasn't no. a... Right. Did you do Survivor? You in Survivor? I did Survivor. I went Baltimore. That's very safe. I feel yeah. like uh, as soon as Buffalo's going to save a lot of people's bacon. As soon as I saw Nathan Peterman starting, I was like, Baltimore. My Ooh. pick. I don't know who would have started to make you not pick uh, Baltimore. Well, I mean, <laughs> again, I, I don't like I don't like playing against a quarterback that I don't have film on. So if if uh, you got film on Peterman, the, if the young yeah, yes, I do. If the young guy would have played, um, is it Josh Allen? Josh Allen, yep. Yeah, I would maybe been a little bit different, but you know, I mean, because Baltimore has given me no reason in the last year to to think no, they're a lock true. as a win. That's true. Um, and then yeah, college was a tough one for me as well. I went twenty one and twelve, so we do top twenty five, and then whoever's in the pool, we pick off your alma mater as well. Yeah. So, some well, games what was the alma mater story, real quick? Uh, like Eastern Washington versus NAU. So I picked mine. Obviously, Eastern Washington they won. But like everybody that is playing, we put their alma mater on, mm-hmm. on the college pick'em. So we had thirty three games total. So you cool. do you do all the top twenty five games and Plus then all the alma maters. and then all the alma maters. Yeah. So all I went twenty one twelve. The winner was at twenty eight, which was Mace. He killed it. Is did like, anybody uh, did anybody have A and M over Clemson or did everybody take? He pick? did. He yeah. did because yeah. they almost did all it. spreads. We we so we oh, yeah. all on spreads. Yeah, okay. we go all on spreads. Okay. So that's what makes it tough. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you do straight up, it's a little bit easier. So A&M would have covered then on Clemson, wouldn't they? Um, yeah, A&M did cover. Yeah. I think they were 12. Yeah, because that ended up being really close. It was a hell of a game. Uh, all right. So top performance. Um, y'all want me to go first or you guys go first? You what go you first. All right. Oh, sure. So my top performance this week was Fitzpatrick. Um, I think because to me, New Orleans, um, a lot of people might have lost their survivor pool on yep. that one. Yep. Uh, he's... Four touchdowns, um, and my favorite thing about it, it one to Mike Evans, two to Deshaun Jackson, one to the young guy, Godwin. He spread the ball around. He had a rushing touchdown. Um, the That's one, a pretty good day at the, the office. The one thing I'll say is Fitzpatrick has done this in the past. He's had very strong starts, so this might come back up later in the trade bait thing. So let me, let me hear your guys' top performance. Well, here's the thing with Fitzpatrick. Have you owned him? Then he's trade bait. No one's got this guy. He's on yeah. the wire in every bloody league. Yeah. Apparently uh, in DraftKings, he was owned out of 700,000 DraftKings teams. 0.85% of those seven or 900,000 plus teams so had Fitzpatrick. Like, yeah. There was Holy. nobody had Fitzpatrick. Why would you? Yeah, yeah, why would you? No, That looked like a horrible matchup and a guy that, oh, he's just a backup anyway. Yeah. Apparently not last week. I'm going to go to uh, my boys, the LA Chargers. They got stomped. Uh, and certainly I wasn't as keen as the odds makers. They were favorites against the divisional champs with a huge list of guys on IR. Bosa's in a walking boot. They haven't been able to close even when they've been in positions to win. But Patrick Mahomes is the story. As much as Tyreek Hill went off with yes. seven receptions for 169 yards and two majors, Mahomes, four touchdowns, 256 yards, uh, and just looked the part, and the arm is is special. Yeah. Man, I, I think he's starting to prove – Prove some of those people in the higher ups on Kansas City right of why they uh, why they went the other way. In terms of playmakers, you didn't have a better week 
than if you own Tyreek Hill because with those two touchdowns and he was the third leading receiver in terms of yards, it's tough to pick against him. 169 yeah. and two majors. He was one of the top performers, period. So he would be my top performer. Yeah, man, he is, he is special. Like As soon as that guy gets the ball, one thing that I see from a football player's perspective as a quarterback, when I throw a guy the ball is when the moment he catches it, does he know where the defenders around him are? Yeah. And Tyree Hill does. Like he knows, and he's like, I'm going to run straight away from every one of them, and good luck catching me if you yeah. don't take the right angle. Yeah. That's, yeah, he's, he's that, that he has a chance to score every single time he touches the ball. So that's a fun guy to watch. All right, most surprising performance. So um, I know Fitz and, and those guys could be up there again. Uh, so for mine, mine was a tight end, Seattle Seahawks. Will Disley, fourth-round draft pick. Um, you know, they had all the experts saying, oh, this guy is a blocking tight end. They've already got their receiving tight end. This guy's a blocking tight end. He's going to do great for their run game. Uh, but he went three of five on targets for 105 yards and a touchdown. Um, nobody has him. There's, you're a liar if you have him on your team. <laughs> and if you do, somehow you auto-drafted and somehow You're got his him. mom. That's yeah. the only reason. <laughs> you Even if you did have him, team. you still didn't start him. You didn't so start stop him. lying. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my most surprising performance of the week. I'll go, uh, Fitzpatrick would be the one for me because as a Bucks fan, did not see that coming. But because he's already a top performer, I'll go Emmanuel Sanders in Denver just because. Okay. Uh, and, and like you know, it. it's, it's, I know that Keenum's there now and their pass game is going to be significantly better than what it was last year. But even still, Sanders has been that guy that you're wondering, yeah, he looks like he's kind of dropped off. I think going into the year, you looked at uh, Denver's offense and said Demarius Thomas is the guy that you're like, yeah, you know what? If there's going to be a guy who rebounds with Keenum there, it's going to be Thomas. But Sanders going off for 135 and a touchdown uh, against Seattle, that was uh, a little surprising to me. So I'll go, I'll go my biggest surprise, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, how about Ben Roethlisberger, five turnovers? Uh, very surprising. Ooh. Did not expect that against Cleveland. No, I'll stay in the same game, James Conner. Uh, I don't think he's the next uh, savior or face of the franchise, but that's a pretty good week uh, filling in Mr. Bell's shoes. Let me ask you something. <laughs> I know people have already asked it, so I'm not, it's not like an original thought. Does this make um, the Steelers feel a little bit better about we don't need to rush this? I don't think they're going to sign him, so he's going to come back when he comes back. It's not like Pittsburgh's like, okay, well, now we'll give you your deal. They're not giving him a deal. The only way he comes back is when he eventually signs his franchise tag. So it's out of their hands. They're not going to come to him. They're not going to offer him a four-year deal with guaranteed money. But they also didn't beat the Browns. So as much as it's like, okay, we were good at running back, you didn't even beat the Browns. Right. You're but third that in the was division very, heading into week two now. That was very weather-impaired, don't you think? Whatever it is. I, yeah. I don't know that it yeah. swings momentum either side. And, and we've sort of been asking this question to each other since the game happened. It's like the only thing that matters is what, Le'Veon Bell's mind, where that is. Yeah. Because he's the guy that's going to get him back. It's not the Steelers. They're not juicing up an offer for him. Right. I mean, Here's I've, your tag. Sign yeah, it or don't. I agree. I've got James Conner in, in two leagues. And, uh, did you start him this week in our, in our uh, league? I did. You did? You have to, I guy, think, yeah. in that offense. So, the, to me, the, um, the fact that he had, what, like 150, 160, something like that, all purpose, Le'Veon's probably got two or 250. Let's be honest. He had 135 on 31 carries plus the receiving stuff. So yeah, yeah and two touchdowns. Play. I watched. Yeah. I watched some of those runs. I think James Conner is a very um, capable back, but there's some of those where he just he's got two hands on the football and he's just running through an open hole. Like you give that ball to Le'Veon, he's making a couple guys miss. Yep, uh, and he's making some big plays out there too. So, well, and let's not be fooled. Like they've been designing an offense for the last few years based around what opening yeah. holes for running backs. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, top waiver wire. So uh, we're all in the lead together. So let me go ahead and help you guys out. The fact we're not going to give away our obvious. Oh come ones on, you got to give me some juice here. Um, but I mean, if if so, like for me, if I go to running backs, receivers, tight ends, and I click on week one fantasy points, guys that are there, um, and this is in a this is in my Stampede league. So this is in a twelve, uh, sorry, a fourteen team league. Uh, you've got Kenny Stills, Will Disley, Austin Eckelar. Philip Lindsay, Geronimo Allison, TJ Yeldon, and Philip Dorsett. Um, I think a majority of people, if TJ Yeldon's out there, I think a majority of people are probably trying to get TJ Yeldon. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's going to take a big bid to get him in most yeah. leagues for sure. Geronimo Allison, you might be going to get him, but he's not. He's probably still not starting on your roster. Ekelar is a possible flex spot for you, but um, uh. here's what I'm going to warn against on that. 
the, the Chargers always have a small running back that they throw the ball to and he gets a couple of rushing yards, but that always dies off for them. They always have a special offense week one, week two, week three, and everybody's like, oh, are they Super Bowl contenders? No. And this offense is going to stop very, very soon. Well, and the game script doing. played perfectly into it. Kansas City gets out in front, and I mean, how much of that second half were they in prevent defense? Right, and they're running screens, so, and and yeah, they're going to let you take the underneath stuff for sure. Um, so based off some of the ones I'm seeing, I think uh, I would have to say Will Disley. You know, I know we've already picked him, but he's got to be one of those guys you go out and get. Another obvious one to me is Philip Lindsay. Yeah. Um, but hey, now they didn't have film on this guy. They didn't have, they didn't know that they were going to be giving him the ball. You know, they knew he was receiving back. They gave some touches though. They gave him almost equal touches to the rookie. Uh, what is his name? Royce Freeman. Yeah, mm-hmm. to Royce. So almost equal rushing touches, and uh, and he had seventy one yards off of it. So, you know, now they know that they've got to play for you know both run and pass when he's in the game. So I think the production will go down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'd say will Disley first, if you're in tight end trouble. And if you just need a deeper running back, Philip Lindsay might be one of those guys later on. Um, but yeah, if you need a, uh, if you need a wide receiver, you're not happy with your depth. You're looking for a good flex option and your flex depth isn't great. Uh, Doug Baldwin's out for at least a couple of weeks. Yeah. Brandon Marshall is not a bad pickup in I don't Seattle. Mind that. He's, I don't mind that. He's only yeah. owned by 5.9% of owners in Yahoo leagues. He's tall, he's healthy, and Russell Wilson likes those guys who can climb the ladder. So I, I think Brandon Marshall might all of a sudden, even if it's for a short period of time where, while Baldwin's hurt, Marshall might emerge as a decent threat here in the next couple of weeks. Up against his old club Chicago this week too. Yep. So a little extra incentive there for Mr. Marshall. Um, What else have I got? Um. Honestly, I'm looking at tight end. There's not a ton there. You could go blow your brains out on Jared Cook, but he's done this before. He often has one or two monster games. If he's available in your league, I think you're probably streaming matchups at this point if you're out an Olsen or a Walker. Um, yeah, it's not fun. That's what I was going to say. So injury replacement-wise, you've got, you've got Delaney Walker, you've got Greg Olsen. Um, I think you're probably looking elsewhere at tight end rather than maybe their backup. Eric Ebron's a guy that uh, Eric Ebron's one is not owned in yeah. as many leagues as he probably should be. Yeah. yeah. Um. But all right, I, I got one for you then. I mean, Kate. it's not giving anything away. I mean, if guys want to go after him in our league, they're going to go after him. But Philip Dorsett, six of six targets. Um, he had a touchdown, so he had sixty six. He had sixty yards and touchdown. Um, but he's six of six targets, and for one thing, I know a quarterback likes a guy that if I throw the ball to you, you're going to catch it. Uh, that's a big deal. Um. So I mean, in the Patriots' offense, is that is that a possible? Is that a guy you're going after? You know, because you got to think, you got to. It's priority, right? So if it's Philip Dorsett, somebody I'm willing to spend my first priority on. Well, if it's priority, if it's a free agent bid, then it's a total different thing. And ours, ours is a. That's what I love about ours. Yeah, because the priority is just ridiculous. uh, It's just whoever's in last off week one. You know, you might have the best team in the league just because they had a bad week one. But they get the best now waiver wire. Now you get the best waiver wire guy. Yep. Yeah. So I think the bid is the best way to go. Um. Yeah. And and I, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Corey Coleman's going to surface in New England here, and that that was yeah. They uh, just picked him back up today. Now he's been cut from two teams in the last uh ten minutes. It seems. Yeah. So I don't know. As well but, as the Patriots, right? Was he not uh, on the Patriots? Well, no, it was Cleveland, and then surfaced in what was it Baltimore? He went to Patty Coleman. Where was it? He I, was in Cleveland. Yeah. But where did he go after that? New England. It was in New England. Now he's, yeah, okay. he was in New England in training camp, and that's the thing. That's what a lot of people are saying. So they're thinking they thought was weird. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That which, is I, which I think that's kind of weird. That doesn't seem like a very patriot. No, wasn't move. he? Wasn't he a Buffalo Bill? That, that's what it was. Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a bill. Yeah, for a it was bit. a bill for a sec. Yeah. So released at the beginning of the. He spent less than a month in Buffalo after Cleveland, and he was in Cleveland for a couple of years. Hmm. First stint with the Patriots, though. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's something you're going to watch on. I don't know if I bite w- right now. I want to see what happens in, in another week, but he might be gone by then, right? Yeah, so that's the thing. I mean, it's kind of like if you're going to get him, you got to go get him now. Um, who do you get? So let's trade high. Okay. So who had a great week one, and uh, you're going to sell high on him? I've got, I've got a couple in my head, but one that might not be a popular pick, but we'll see what you guys think. Um, Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I was stunned at uh, I don't the preseason, this, yeah. week one. It's been so bad for so long. 
Uh, he looks like the guy of three years ago, but I just I don't know that that lasts. Does it last sixteen weeks? Does it last four? Right. Like I'd move him now. Also, if you are a guy that owns Jared Cook, you go sell him to whoever's got an injured Walker Olson right now. Yeah. Do that yesterday. The only reason why I might think about holding on to Peterson at least another week is because of their week two matchup. They've got and I I own him in another league. So um, maybe he gets even. He's, he's got two weeks of production. And now you really get to sell him high. And and they gave him the bulk of the touches in week one. And then you've got Indianapolis, who I think is a team that you can run on and and put some points up on. Uh, Peterson, I like that matchup against in week two. So I'm I I do think that he's a guy that will tail off as the season goes along. I'm I'm totally on board, but I might want to try and get a couple more weeks out of him. Whereas the guy that you suggested in the break, you're you're looking at other running back in in Oakland as a guy. Yeah, to I would say there. Marshawn Lynch is one for me. Um, yeah. Again, I think kind of the same story. A guy that's going to get he needs a lot of touches to get the production, um, and there's a good chance he's not lasting through those touches. You know what I mean? That's it's one of the reasons Le'Veon wants what he wants because how many times he touches the ball is a good chance he's getting injured, and, and he knows that. And uh, and he's not willing to accept the fact that you know he is going to get injured. But let me ask you. All right, so let's see up top. What about James Conner? I'd sell. Yeah. Right. I mean, I I don't think uh, it, you got to get top of the market for him. You you can't get you know ninety yards from scrimmage return on him. You got to sell him as like a star. Because yeah. I think he's going to be playing a long time, and I think he's fine. He's not going to be a star every week, but he's not hes not out of his element. He can definitely take 25 carries a week. Yeah, and I mean, this is uh, – listen, we can't be perfectly right, but it's all based off how many weeks until Le'Veon comes back. So. Yep. And we don't know when he's coming if back. If Le'Veon's not coming back to week nine, I'm saying keep James Conner and put him as your flex guy, and he should be starting your lineup. But yeah. um, if not, if there's a chance he comes back by week four, week five, I would love to sell high. Shoot, go find out who has Le'Veon. Get that trade. <laughs> Derek Wills has Le'Veon Bell in our league. Should go to see if you can't make a deal with him there. Um, and then uh, shoot, is there anybody else yeah. up top that I see? Maybe a Kenny Galladay, twenty-one points. That's another guy I may, might look at selling high because uh, I don't know how that offense is going to be all year based off that performance we just saw. Yeah. Who you got this week? Do you know? Uh, I don't. I just logged on and it said congratulations for beating Peter Klein. Uh. Oh, he's got to buy you dinner, doesn't he? Yes, he does. That felt good because he is who took me out of the playoffs, by the way. No, oh, he knocked you out last he year. He locked me out of the uh, Rap Jays. Who's Rap Jays? That McBride. is McBride. McBride. Yeah. No. He'll have uh, a beard by the time. Yeah, it's, it's McBride. So that's, that's, yeah. that's a win. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah. All hey, right. second highest points. That felt good. 2-0. There I'll you go. start that week one. Uh, all right, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back next Tuesday. We play Hamilton this Saturday uh, in Hamilton, uh, and then we're on the bye week. So. Beautiful Hamilton. Beautiful, Enjoy the downtown there. Beautiful, beautiful Hamilton. So thank you, guys. Top City Hell, yeah, appreciate it. Bo Show brought to you by SML Entertainment Pool, tables, hot tubs, patio furniture, and much, much more. Five locations in Calgary, Cross Iron Mills, and Red Deer. Go to smlentertainment.com for details. Matty Rose up next. Three biggest stories of the day. We've got headlines in two minutes' time. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.